Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Go! Good evening and welcome to another weekly edition of your Touchy Gooners instalment. It's your boy SV Carboholic on hosting duties this week and I'm joined by my good friend, the Doctor. How are you, Dr. Leroy? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. How are you today? Bro, I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Um, better off than these results. Yeah, yeah. Bet, bet, better off, better after these results. Very, very interesting result set of results this evening. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to get into that shortly. So, um, but just a few housekeeping rules before we get going. Um, we obviously normally have our our post matches um, after the games, and and Lewis and Dan Coogs recorded one after the 2-1 victory at home to Wolves. Um, and, we'll sh- and we'll be sure to have another one after this weekend's game against Villa as well. So if you are interested in signing up for Patreon, you can join for as little as £3 a month. So do tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, but yeah, all right, Doctor, let's get cracking. We Obviously, we haven't recorded a main one since... Um, we, didn't, we didn't do Wolves, obviously, there was the Patreon piece. But so I want to... Before I touch on the looting game holistically mm. uh, yesterday, I want to ask you, so you've outlined that you felt for a while our attack hasn't been um, firing or it hasn't looked right um, yeah. so far this season. Since Jesus has come back into the team and post-international breaks, there seems to be there seems to have been a few signs of life. Um, yeah. So what, what, what are your thoughts generally um, taking it from maybe that Lons game um, sure. in the Champions League. So we've had Lons, we've had Wolves, and now we've had Luton as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I think it's important to put everything into context. Um, I mean, the overall o- overarching theme is that our attack has looked much better in the last three games, which is good. And that's, that's reassuring. Um, since Jesus has come back in, we looked like we started to flow again, started to click again. 
and a lot of the players around him have started to play better than they were. Um, and that could be because of his presence. That could be for other reasons. Who knows? But we've started to create chances, which is good because I was really worried that we weren't creating any good chances. Um, we started to look um, more free-flowing and open play. I feel that a big part of that is Gabriel Jesus because I feel that he's very... The good thing about him, he's a live wire and he's very inventive and he does a lot of unorthodox things. So, like, you know when you're watching football, you have in your head what you expect to see. He always does something that you don't expect and I know the opposition's not expecting it and that breaks open play. We've only really got two kind of players who do that break open play type of stuff and it's Gabriel Jesus and Saka. And when we've got Gabriel Jesus doing it from a central area, we look a lot more creative. The context and the caveats I have to really add to that are first one, we played Lons, who didn't play us like a Premier League team. Um, they played us in a similar way to PSV, and we slapped PSV in the same way. Um, Wolves, Wolves had their two cent starting centre mids out. Um, and they just they just didn't look good. They didn't play well at all. And three, um, Luton. Luton, again, Luton was... Um, how do I put this? I don't think we were massively creative against Luton personally. I mean, obviously the XG will say otherwise, but it wasn't like as similar to the last two free-flowing performances. Um, but we somehow managed to score four goals. I don't know how. But um, with, with the Luton game, it was a case where we... I, I feel that we struggled with the physicality of... Struggled, I say. I feel like we did struggle with the physicality of Luton. I thought they were closing down spaces really, really good. But they didn't really play in a, in a low block and kind of pack the middle in the same way other teams have. And another thing I have noticed is we play quite well against back five teams. Um, anyone that plays a back five against us or a back three, a back five, whichever one you want to, where you want to call it, we seem to be really, really good at finding the pockets of space. So, um, and then they went to a 5-4-1 to start with a five, then went to a 4-5-1, sorry. Um, so overall, it's good. I'm, I'm happy, don't get me wrong. Um, but I would need to see this attack over a bit of a more of a prolonged period and against some teams who play in a similar way that the teams have been playing against us previously before I make any um, real conclusions as to our attackers clicked, if that makes sense. No, that's cool. Um, makes a lot of sense. Let me bring um, German Dan in here. Um, so German, we obviously we've been talking about the attack and the importance of Jesus in terms of how he links the attack. So before... I talk about Jesus specifically because I, I do want to have a discussion on him. Um, how have you felt about the attacks post-international break? And do you think Jesus is a key component of that? Yeah, I, I definitely think he's a key component of that. Um, we were talking in the group and I probably, I'll say I probably, I definitely was on the other side to Leroy. I wasn't as concerned about the attack. I kind of always felt that Udegaard is not really playing that well. Um, Jesus is not fit right now. I felt like Martinelli was struggling with fitness a little bit as well and he wasn't playing that well. And I felt like if these guys, one of one or two of them, start playing well, the attack will improve. And um, also, if we make a few tactical you know, tweaks um, with the way we build up, with the way we are more vertical, you know, I was thinking things like, you know, taking Jorginho out of the team, um, playing Vice in the eight, Partey as the six. You know, I think there's still things that we can do differently that will aid us in being um, more vertical and better going forward. Um, but to bring it back to Jesus, I think he, he helps massively in basically all phases. Um, and the game against Luton, he actually came deep quite a few times. 
um, to to help the play, help speed up the play. And then obviously with his you know his, his, his cute touches around the box, he's quite good. Um, the way he occupies the defender, the way he can create chances, and and also score. Um, I think like him and Harvard's actually um building a bit of a good partnership in terms of like their movement alternating. If you see against Lons, um, he set Harvard's up. Havertz scored, then he set Havertz up again, Havertz scored, and then for Jesus' goal, Havertz was running to the you know front post, taking away, I think, the defender that was on Jesus, and Jesus going to the back six scoring. So I feel like we probably have a bit better box presence with them two um, there, and I think just Jesus can knit things together. Um, so I think overall, you need this guy fit. Um, in order to you know be competitive all, across all competitions, I feel like if he isn't fit, the alternatives at the drop off in terms of what they do, you know, footballing wise, is too huge um, for us for the attack to um, be as um, as potent as uh, as I think it potentially could be. I think the attack could still be all right. We've seen it. You know, Eddie actually has done well in some of the games, but it's just not as fluid. It's not as um, as lightning. It's not as cohesive. Um, so yeah, it's 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 an interesting point. Um, I'll I'll stick with you, Jamie, before before I go back to the doctor because on Jesus, right? So a lot of the discourse is always around how he's not a consistent shooter, the averageness of his finishing. But to the point you've made, and to the point the doctors made, is that he seems to have, especially when he's fit, a big shift in in terms of impact in the way we attack. So. When we talk about that, is is that considering how much of an influence he has on the attack overall? If we look to replace him, how do you look to replace him? Because buying more of a traditional nine, so you know, in the group last week we spoke about Osimhen, we spoke about Vlahovic, who will you know all more traditional nines, but won't give you anywhere near the jinky, the link up, the facilitation that Jesus does, and and they might force you know Martinelli and Saka to be more traditional wingers or creators rather than you know you know the scoring potential that they have um so what are your thoughts on the way he knits the attack and maybe changing that stylistic type of strike what that means for the overall attack if that makes sense yeah that makes sense and I think for me with his juice I'm like I'm accepting who he is uh, and I never I never felt that he could remember when we signed him I never felt like I you know he can't convert the the chance that he misses into goals all of a sudden. I just didn't see that happening. I just felt like he's too consistently of a poor finisher for that to happen. But, you know, the other side of his game is is really, really good. It's, I don't think there's many centre-forwards in world football that play the way he can play. So, you know, then you just got to take him at face value. That's the face value that you have. You know he's going to get you probably 10 to maybe 13, 14 league goals uh, at most, I think. But then the way he can help others to score... Uh, it's pretty significant. Last season, I felt like um, Martinelli was best when he was playing with him. Martinelli scored plenty of goals. Um, Udegaard scored plenty of goals, linking up with Julius. Saka scored plenty of goals. And I look at the collective impact that he has on an attack, and I think I wouldn't swap him for most centre-forwards that are on the market right now. You know, people give him, give him all kinds of names. I'm like... I don't care if, the, if we sign in a guy that individually is scoring 17, 18 league goals and then Saka is only scoring six and Martinelli is only scoring six and Udegaard is only scoring six. As a collective, the attack needs to score a lot of goals. And I feel like if the collective number drops, then that centre forward, if we're just playing for that centre forward, it's not good enough for me. I'd rather 
um, you know, our collective number stays higher. And if we can find us and afford that, can you know do some of the overall play, I'll keep that collective number high, maybe even push it further. I wouldn't be against that. I just feel like our current makeup is really, really potent. We scored the most Premier League goals we ever have with that with that front four. Um, I think Jacko contributed what seven goals to that to that to our league campaign last season. Um, you know, all the rest of them were double figures. Really, Havertz needs to only get to double figures for that attack to be more potent, <laughs> um, which which would be crazy um, if there if there was. To, I think Rotten is a bit behind on 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 last year to be honest, but. Um, I just feel like I don't see the point in replacing them with a set shooter when that shooter is not helping us overall get better as an attack. Uh, it just ends up us, you know, being playing for this player, and I, I don't really like that. Um, you know, I, I view the attack as a collective more so than oh, this guy needs to score twenty goals. I need my striker to score twenty goals. I don't, to be honest. I need the attack to score X amount of goals. Um, that's how I more look at it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree too much. Dr. Lee, are you in agreement with German? Are you happy with the current composition of the attack or would you prefer a different nine, bearing in mind the links? or And, and how do you think that changes the roles of Martinelli and Saka if we were to go for more of a traditional nine? Um, like I've said, I think I've said this before, I'm happy with Jesus at nine. I know he's not scoring. Well, actually, that's it's not happy. He can do better. He can score more goals. But in terms of in personnel changes, I'm happy with him being our starting nine. Said it. I'm, I'm going to continue to say it. I think we can go just as far as we need to go with him. Um, the names that I'm getting given, I do not want to swap Gabriel Jesus for someone particularly who I think is mediocre um, just because they might score a few more goals. Because exactly as German Dan said, I need that all-round ability because I think it really helps us function as a team not just in terms of his actual link play, set and play and inventiveness and creativity in attack, but also his defensive work and his pressing because I feel like he's absolutely crucial to us being able to control games in the way that we can. Um, and he's very, very smart with his defensive work. Now, um, if we are going to replace him, that has to be someone who's completely stellar. And by stellar, I'm talking the top, top, top levels of the game. So if we could replace him with Haaland, maybe, yeah, I would do that. Fine, no problem. But it's not Haaland. There's no Haaland available. There's no obvious go-to. If there was an obvious go-to in a similar way that Haaland was, fair enough, I'll do it. But that does not mean that I don't think that we need a different set of attributes in the group. We definitely need a different striker with a different set of attributes in the group. But that doesn't mean he's coming in and taking Jesus' starting nine slot, in my opinion. Um, and that kind of striker, for me, has to come in in some games as a starter and definitely to come off the bench and has to be able to have an impact off the bench. And that type of striker is what I need to see in those really deep block teams in my life. needs to be very assured technically and a very deadly finisher with who, who could you know those type of strikers that can finish very quickly, short back lift, small spaces, they, they can put the ball away. So the ball's in the box, quick header, left foot, right foot. That's the type of striker in terms of attributes I feel that we need who also has, is a threat in the air and is a good post-up striker. So this is what I was saying in the group before. Um, we've been linked to Oshimen. Now, I like Oshimen to a degree, um, but I just don't think he suits us. And I, I feel that he needs a bit too much space to work. And when you look at his goals uh, for Napoli, a lot of them are in behind, a lot of them are running goals, a lot of them are uh, transition goals, a lot of them he's got a lot of space. I 
even though I still think he'll be a, a, a box threat and a threat in a box, I'm not sure how his skill set translates. Even though he's a good striker, I'm probably better than some people I'm going to mention. I'm not sure how his skill set translates to us as a team now in terms of what we need. Because I think in, in terms of starting, I don't think we're going to be a better team than Gabriel Jesus when Gabriel Jesus plays if we, if we sign Oshman. And I don't think he's going to bring us the type of skills that we need in the group. He will bring the physicality, yes. But I think someone like Vlahovic, even though I'm unsure about Vlahovic in terms of can he create separation in the Prem, but in terms of his skill set, in terms of his finishing, in terms of his um, the type of abilities he has, he might lack the pace. I think that he is more of a fit to us than someone like Oshman. Um, yeah, so... I, I, I want to keep Gabriel Jesus as our starting nine, personally. I'm just not happy with the injuries and he does need to really sort his goal scoring out. But I feel like he hasn't... It's, it's a bit unfair this season because he hasn't really had a run. He's been injured twice. He's had surgery and he's had a hamstring injury. Like, let him get into it. And when he gets into it, then I think we can judge him properly. But, um, yeah, he's, I'm happy with him as a starting nine and I've not changed my mind on that from for, for a long time. So. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't really disagree too much with what you guys have said. I really like Jesus as the striker now. I know people will talk about, you know, his, his goal-scoring record, and that's fine. But uh, I tend to move away from the narrative that the nine needs to be the one who bags the most. Do you know what I mean? So, or, you know, if, you're, if your nine isn't going to bang, then you're going to be in a situation like last season where we had four players that scored 10 or more in the league, and, and that's the way you mitigate against having you know uh, and and to be fair i've always been someone who is more of the opinion on that unless they are a superstar i don't really like you know having one main source of goals i think we used to have this discussion with Aubameyang as well because people often used to say look oba was the shooter but the rest of the attack used to suffer around him because he was only really for himself he wanted to bag but you know, he was very much reliant on the attack creator for him. So it's an interesting conundrum to have. And it'd be interesting to see. I think, obviously, this isn't going to be something that's solved until the summer. But it'd be interesting to see what way Arteta chooses to go with this. Um, German DZ, let's talk about your boy. Um, so you have been blamed from pillar to post since this guy signed in August. Singlet by, torn. Yeah, your singlet has been torn, mainly by the doctor himself. <laughs> So, hey, so this thing so, ain't come off though. It's just been hanging on the body like hey, the way he's been talking. I even had to challenge him to a charity boxing match. I was fuming, <laughs> even though I'm three times his size. But yeah, that's uh, what yeah, doctor's kind of oh hands. You need, to, you need to slow down <laughs> over the heavy weight. No, I'm just a bantamweight or something like that. <laughs> Bro, German DZ, we've been seeing your IG pics in the desert as well. But <laughs> man's gone to the mountain to train for this charity match. <laughs> Um, but but yeah okay um i think a lot of people have been critical and and i I myself are no different um however what i will say is that since the brentford game there does seem to have been a few little signs of recovery albeit i will caveat this heavily that it is from a very very low bar um so i still need to see a lot more however i will say that i've been seeing a bit more a few different aspects of his game. Like I, I think yesterday against Luton, there was a bit more ball carrying, which I, which for me is is partly one of the main things I want to see from an eight or someone who's playing as an advanced eight because you need to have the ability to turn and drive and, and, and push forward. Um, and I know you mentioned earlier about his his relationship 
that he seems to be developing with Jesus. I think that's Jesus now that's assisted um, his last two goals as well. So that might be a partnership that might be worth developing. But overall, um, just talk about what you think you've seen from him in the last three, four games that might indicate a few green shoots of recovery. So, yeah, I've, I've been panned, but I've, I've, I've held stern because um, I felt like I always have to give them... Um, if I have a if I've if I've made an assessment that I feel like this player can be good, this player can work for us, I can't, you know, turn after a month, you know. So and I felt I saw signs um in those early games. Um by no means I did think that the game some of the games were good. Um my rating's been reflective of that. But um I felt like people didn't want to give him time. Uh and there was an impatience um with with, with habits. Um, and the expectation was you have a bang straight away or we're going to flunk this guy, um, which which he has been. Um, so I think he really struggled in those in those in, in those early parts. And then I think in the last couple of weeks, I think the turning point for me, I think, was the Newcastle game. Not turning point in terms of my opinion, but turning point for when habits, I think, started playing a bit better consistently. Um, I felt like in that game he was he probably should have got sent off to be honest, but he was fired up. He was he was ready to to fight. Um, he was ready to play. Um, and I think since that game, there's been the desire from him to to affect the games more. I think before that he was really what is shy and what people call him, you know, shy habits. He was really shy, not turning on the ball, not driving, um, keeping it very easy. Um, but I think it's also part of learning that role. Um, and I think Ateta has made a conscious effort effort of evolving that left eight role. Because um, whoever has played in that role, even when Trusted has played in that role, that person that is not involved in build-up is really a role of getting to the back post, getting in around the box, um, making runs to create space for others. Um, of course, you, you're getting on the ball every now and then and you can do things, but he didn't, um, which, which, which we rightfully criticised. But now I'm seeing him turning on the ball, um, you know, driving with the ball, um, giving feet every now and then. And I think his movement has been found more than before. So I feel like, the, you know, I feel like he's getting into positions where people are actively looking for him, at, you know, back post, even centre up. Well, I think Zinchenko had one good cross to him. So I feel like he can now be found in a box, which which is going to completely change how people perceive his performances. If he has two, three good opportunities, whether he scores them or not, people will just see a higher level of engagement. So I feel like, that's a positive, and um, I think he's he's having good performances, which he needs to build on. Um, so it's I wouldn't say baby steps, but it's, he's making you know incremental steps um, to solidify better performances, better consistency. I think he's been good in the last three games. I think that he played. I think he was good against Lance. I think he was good against um, Luton. And what was the other game? Um, I forgot now, but I, th- I think he's got three and three. And I think a big part of his role is output. You know, you might get, and I think this is actually part of this role, you might only get 20 touches um, or 20 passes a game, whereas Udegaard is getting, you know, 60, Rice is getting 70. Like, you might just have less touches of the ball, but your touches need to be, um, you know, game-defining, help us win the game, help us make a difference. Um, and, you know, I think that I've seen him get into these situations and better situations and making you know, just making better decisions and executing those better, um, which is good. Um, so let's see. Um, if I turn to this one around in, in terms of like public opinion of him, this is a big, big win. Um, I, haven't, I haven't really moved or changed my opinion. I felt like he can get better 
and he's shown he can get better. But it's also about consistency, which I've always said about him from the very beginning. So let's see. But if Arteta gets his, turns his run around and Havertz ends up becoming a solid and good player for us, um, I think that'd be quite good. Doctor, obviously, I know you're still, like myself, a heavy sceptic, probably the biggest sceptic. Um, I'm going to make this a twofold question because I want to use this to deviate into some stuff about Erdogan. Um, your thoughts on Havertz, are there things that, I know, albeit from a very low bar, things that you're seeing that you weren't seeing before? And do you think there's been a slight change? Bearing in mind, um, I think we saw statistically Erdegaard has created 11 chances in the mm. last two games, and that's been because he's been noticeably deeper. It seems as if Havertz is obviously very deep when we're out of possession, but high up in possession, it almost seems as if he's trying to create like a strike partnership um, with him and Jesus. I saw someone actually make a really funny, interesting comment today, like described Jesus as like a strikerly midfielder and Havertz as like a midfielderly striker. Um, <laughs> I thought that was an interesting like distinction. But yeah, what are your thoughts? Kind of good. Um, so Havertz played well uh, yesterday. Um, the thing about Kai Havertz is he has qualities in terms of his physical attributes that I think they're very obvious and evident in terms of he can run, he can, <laughs> he can run, he, he can cover ground very quickly. He can close spaces quickly. Um, he's really, really, he's really, really good defensively. He's really intelligent in terms of how he cuts off lanes and things like that. He does, he does win a lot of fouls, but I feel like that's actually intentional. Um, and I feel that, He's taken the, the role of, I'm going to break up the opposition's momentum, if that makes sense. And that's a big reason of how we're going to disrupt oppositions for taking any foothold in the game, if, if that makes sense. Because there's a lot of niggly fouls, but I mean, I'm not sure how many uh, bookings he's got this season, but I don't recall him getting that many bookings. Um, but anyway, my, my issue with Havertz is, even if you're supposed to be the off-the-ball, box crusher, all this type of stuff, You've got to show me something on the ball in terms of you've got to be a little bit brave, you've got to be progressive, and you've got to be technically secure if you're going to be in our football team, man. And my issue with him is he doesn't really offer much on the football at all. Um, he's been a bit more positive recently in terms of confidence and decision-making is actually driving forwards because one of the things he can do is actually run with the ball and actually run through players which he's done on a few occasions, especially in the last couple of games, which is good. And I'm, I, I want to see more of that. I mean, still not great on the ball in terms of his passing ability. I don't think that will ever be his game, which is which is fine. It's not a problem. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be his game. Um, but the good thing is um, I want to keep seeing him getting into the box because if you're not going to offer anything off the ball, I'm on the ball, sorry, I need you to deliver. And I need you to deliver those numbers. And even if like you're not scoring the goals, even if you're not scoring the goals, I want to see you getting in the position. I want to see you trying and I want to see you actually making runs that help your teammates, which he has been doing more in the last few games. So overall, the last couple of games of Havertz have been way more positive, like I said, but from a very low bar. And I would love, love, love if he continues in the same vein and continues to improve. Now, if the last three games are the level, that's still not good enough. I'll be real with you. But we're seeing a better Havertz than we saw previous to that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think the points he made, especially in this game, I thought um, 
the box crashing, even if you see for the Jesus goal that Ben White clipped in, I think Havertz yeah. made a run which took a couple defenders away, and then obviously yeah. Jesus ghosted in back post. That was good. Um, obviously, he was the good link up with Jesus for his goal, and then I think no, Zinchenko uh-oh. also played in a nice ball, which I think Havertz could have done better actually with that header actually that he had um, as well. Probably should have headed that down. Sorry, yeah, go on, Dan. I was going to say, why, why don't you think that would be the level? I think the performance against Luton is probably, that's what I would say should be the level. Um, that's a good performance, like, objectively speaking, not just from a low bar. Mm. I feel like he was quite involved. He scored so, the goal. Um, he flicked, I think he flicked to Trussard for one chance as well. He set up another chance. Like, I think that he was quite involved in that game. He had he, he had a goal, he had a goal-scoring opportunity with the header he just mentioned. So, um, I think he had two or three drives. So I think that's 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 a good performance. So I said the last three games, not the last one oh, game. Okay. Um, and I said if we've seen what the last three games, that's not level because, like, yeah, yes, like I said, I said the first thing I said is he played well yesterday, so that's fine. But to spend sixty-five million on a player, if the last three games are the level, that's not enough for me. That that that's just not enough for me. Um, if he produced pretty much every game what he did last game, fair enough because he scored a goal, had an assist. No problem. That's a sixty-five million pound player, but we need to see it over a longer period. And we need—I mean, even if he didn't produce it every game, every week, if he had, yeah, if, one every, if one in every two or three games was like yesterday, you have no arguments with me. I understand it, but I think people are genuinely too critical. If you say that it's got to be the game every week, you no, know, no, so no. Not giving Liverpool that every week, but that's impossible. That's, not, that's, that's impossible. But. Every every three games, you would expect that from a sixty-five million pound player. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. You expect more good performances, and you don't spe- expect as low yeah, of a level as, as exactly. before. So we'll see how it goes. But like I said, I mean, he played well. Like he played well yesterday, and he's been better in the last couple of games. No, good. Um, when, when are you man going to stop at me in the group? So no. what does it take? No, no, no. I've been here. No, no, no. Let's talk now. We've been too political, man. Like a tipping point panel. Nah, this ain't a fire chat. Ch- this is touchy goodness, man. <laughs> Hell no, man. If nah, listen, guys, thinks you're the first person that will hear from me. You're so lucky I haven't called you because I'll call you at 10 p.m. I'll put you on FaceTime and say, What about your boy, bro? You need to talk to me. We'll be pillow talking. I, I I can't lie to you. You're you're lucky you're in the desert, boy, because some of so, so, some of the performances, bro. If you were out in the desert at that time, I would have called you, bro. I still would have found a way to go. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. But um, two quick more topics that I want to touch on before we go on to listeners' questions. Um, Doctor Lee, uh, your boy Martin Erdegaard, he has definitely been someone who's shown um, signs of life in the in the last couple games. Um, a lot of people have noticed and attributed that, especially in build-up, he's been a lot deeper recently. Um, and it's interesting that he seems to, that seems to have been a bit of a catalyst, you know, in addition with the Jesus, um, you know, stuff for, for a better integration in attacking performances. I think they said against Wolves, he had the most, I think, entries into the final third, passing-wise, line breakers from a player in the league this season. And um, especially in the second half, pushing towards the end as well, I think his influence grew a lot. And obviously, he got the game-winning assist for Rice as well. So, um, yeah, what were your, what have been your overall thoughts? Because we've been quite critical of Verdegaard this season, and I think rightly so, because I don't think he's performed anywhere near to his level. But 
last couple of games, he seems to be coming back into it a bit more. So, um, Odegaard, is, he hasn't performed at his level this season. I feel that he's had some time away of injury. I don't know if there's been some reflection in there. I don't know if there's been some one-to-one sessions in there, video sessions. But I don't know about you guys. I feel like we've seen a concerted effort of Odegaard to get back to Odegaard. He's got back to what he's good at. Um, so, obviously, we've seen an evolution of Odegaard since he's been at the club from an extremely creative playmaker to uh, a goal scorer and a playmaker. And I think all of us were saying at the beginning of this season, it went too far. It went too far. Um, Odegaard was playing very, very high up the pitch and was really looking for goals and looking for end product. I think in the last couple of games since we've seen him come back, we've seen a very concerted effort for him to play significantly deeper in the pitch and get back to... Because this is his team. I don't care what no one says. Declan Rice is here doing whipping hero cape and all this kind of stuff. But this is Odegaard's team. We all know this is Odegaard's team. Like, And he's taking the reins again and he's cooking. Um, he's playing a lot deeper. He's doing a lot more ball progression to the from the second third to the final third, doing a lot more um, key passes, a lot more aiming for assists, essentially. He's still arriving late and he scored his goal. But I feel like Odegaard has made a concerted effort, which is what it looks like, or if the coaching staff, or there's been a tweak to play deeper and get back to playmaking and being in control of the team. As well as that, I feel that he's been more technically secure because he, he was looking a bit all over the place recently in terms of giving away the ball. Um, and as well as being technically secure, um, I feel that... What, what I was going to say... As well as being sorry, technically secure, I feel that what he's done is, um, you know, what, I've completely lost my train of thought. Forget what I was saying. Um, <laughs> either way, um, I feel that yeah, Odegaard's been playing really well, and there's been a big difference in the last couple of games to to the previous ones. Sorry, I've just got a little bit distracted because my work phone just went off. Um, but yeah, what about you? Yeah, German. Yeah, and that, I, part of me thinks this is instruction. I feel like the Odegaard that we've been seeing. Before the last two game, two three games, um, I feel like Arteta has been trying things. You know, the attack has been a bit, you know, lacking lacking cohesion. And I feel like Arteta has been trying things, pushing play. I always think Arteta is one of the way he speaks and the way he talks about coaching. He's one of these coaches that makes or forces players to do things that they're not familiar with or don't do naturally. So I feel like he probably has been, you know, forcing Udegaard to play higher up. You know, try to arrive late. Um, I think a lot of this has actually been instruction. And then, you know, Arteta then decided to make the tweak um, to have him deeper. And I think it's not a coincidence, you know, um, the amount of touches he takes in deep areas. He was between the centre-backs at times. We did not see that in the, in the first part of the season. So I think it's a very specific effort um, to get different things out of Udegaard. And, you know, pause, I say, already stimulate him in, in different ways, you know, so... Um, I think that's one of the ways of how Arteta engages the players and keeps them engaged. And um, I think now he's putting them in a position that suits his skill set a bit better. Um, and you you won't you won't find out if you know someone has a particular skill or is good at something until you really push them to see if they you know they can do something. So he probably you know tried to lean into the scoring a lot more. Um, realized that actually he's not a pure scorer like that. He's a you know slash scorer slash creator 
and getting back to 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 that, you know, reinvigorated um, Odegaard, and I think he's going to continue throughout this month playing really well. To be honest, um, so yeah, that's one thing to look out for when you see some of our players that we know are really good not playing that well. Is it maybe something that is trying to make them do things differently? I felt like Ben White, for example, the last couple of weeks before um, Tommy Esco snatched his chain, <laughs> I think he wasn't overlapping a lot, which was really odd for me. I was like, why is he not overlapping? Are we trying to do different things? Um, and then against Luton, he was overlapping loads. He created the goal for Jesus. Um, you know, he, there's a couple of other chances where Saka was very, very happy to play quite quite early for him, for him to cross. So these things usually are like little tweaks, I think, um, little instructions that Atta adds. So, um, but yeah, I'm happy with the way Udegaard is playing. Um, I think this is the right time for the team to start clicking. Um, and looking very dangerous going forward because it's just every three every, every three days you're playing and you want the games to, if you want to go two three no up and you know, close a little bit save yourself a little bit perhaps rather than having games where you are one no up and the opponent is chasing you so like for example Villa on the weekend we'll probably want to get you know the game done but at least in a comfortable position within sixty minutes we don't want to be going um deep into the game um like we did against Luton actually um so you know we need to speak about that guy in goal the guy that gets his eyebrows done um we need to speak about because I forgot what I was saying sorry my work went off but yeah one thing I was saying is I think we also have to caveat um what uh Odegaard's doing because if you look at the performances earlier in the season before his injury, so we're going to say pre-injury and post-injury, um, he was staying quite high up and trying to receive in the half spaces where teams were congested in that area. And what we've noticed is a concerted effort. Like you saw a lot of times, well not a lot, a good few times in the last game against Luton, Odegaard was between the centre-backs. So I feel that he's come away from the congestion. Um, I'm not sure if that's instruction, like I said, or he's doing it himself, whichever way. He's come away from the congestion and... He's taking the opportunity to find passes in a bit more space. Um, number one, as well, Wolves weren't the best team, obviously, and um, Lons, they didn't pack that space in the same way. But Luton really closed down that space pretty well, and he just kept coming deeper and deeper, and find the ball, and then he was p- picking his way through, picking his way through. And I feel that that is an interesting development, and I'd be interested to see that, again, against a team who's going to pack the space as we've been facing in earlier in the season. If he still comes away from the um, from the congestion and still manages to find a way through, because that would be interesting, because that might then, um, if, if teams are pressing him and, and he's encouraging people out, it might be a way that we can sort of open up more spaces, and that might be a, an Arteta solution to to the issue that we've been suffering with. Yeah, yeah, I, I think generally to, to just to summarise the point, I think Dan Coogs made the other day. I think it's. Erdogan is someone you he's a high touch player. You want him to be having a lot of touches. And when generally Erdogan's having a lot of touches, I think we're in a good place. Um, what we found out obviously a lot earlier in the season is that yeah, his touch map, his influence was waning a lot and he wasn't involved in a lot in games. You know, we referenced last season, I think party to Erdogan was a consistent pass selection, and that hasn't really been the case this season. So um this development with Erdogan a little deeper is probably something to watch out for and see if it continues. But so far it's definitely been a welcome. Welcome move. Um, yeah, the conversation I didn't really want to have. I didn't really want to have because I'm bored of we've been speaking about goalkeepers all season. But we need to have it because there's a certain Spanish guy in our goal that legit tried to cost us the game yesterday. And if it wasn't for God bless Declan Rice, we would be 
he would be under a lot more scrutiny right now. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to say because we have, <laughs> so we have dumb and dumber in between the sticks. Do you know what I mean? Not, neither of them are optimal selections. And I think the really worrying thing, I, I think I saw that stat that Dan put in the group chat today, which was that any time I think Ramsdale's, no, Raya's not kept a clean sheet when the team's had more than one shot on target against us in the league. And that is very worrying because I think this keeper hasn't even played 15 league games for us. And he's already developing a big catalogue of errors, which is a big, big worry. Um, a big, big worry. Now, obviously, we know he probably sticks to Arteta's game model a bit more than Ramsdale does, which is why he's the preferred selection. However, when you're just a line, you're, I mean, and this is why me personally, I never prefer six foot, like short goalkeepers. Like when it can be so easy to dunk on you from like corners, I think we have a big problem. Do you know what I mean? So, um, German, I'll, I'll go to you first. Yeah, thoughts on Raya because yesterday, by the way, Lewis sent the ratings. I gave him a one. That was that was legit a disaster class. Um, and if not for Raya, it would have cost us the results. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not happy with Raya. Atta needs to flog that guy, but in private. So, I like that. I like the response they gave when they asked about Raya and Ramsdale because my position is that. I don't want Ramsdale to come back in. I've seen what Ramsdale's on. I'm good. I don't want that no more. So either Raya works or he can get flogged as well. That's how I view it. I don't think it's one or the other. It's either Raya makes it work or you're getting flogged as well. That's how that's how I look at it. Because, um, you know, I just feel like the shot stopping from Ramsdale is not good enough. Um, the kicking stopped. And that's basically the good things that he had. And then he, he, he made us panic a lot. Um, the problem with Raya is that the shot stopping is looking like if you if if there's only one game um, where we had more than was a one, more than one shot on target and uh, you, other than that you've always been conceding it's kind of, it's questionable. Of course you have to take context into it and context into it and look. You know was he proactive in his keeping etc and all these things. But the stat just does it doesn't look like good reading. And I think um, in terms of safe percentages, pretty much him and Edison are really low at the moment. These these stats fluctuate with keepers. I know that, but it's it's not good. Right now, it's not good. Um, and I think his distribution actually been okay, but he's just making other mistakes now. He's just making, he's just, he's just nervy somehow. You know, from the corner, I was on Discord actually and felt like maybe this is not a keeper mistake because he has to come for the ball because the, the player is free and it's just a free head on goal. So I feel like that one is like an in-between one. Like Ramsdale probably won't come for that one. He'll be rooted to his line. The, the player would head it straight at the goal would probably score and it's not attributed as a, as a mistake directly to the keeper. Raya comes for it, makes a mirror out of it and it, you know, it's attributed as a mistake. What we really want is a goalkeeper that comes for it and gets it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, that's where you want to go to. So I feel like both of them technically would get a mistake for that goal. Um, but it's not good. And then what was the other one? The other one, I'm trying to think now what was the last. Oh yeah. It was the one where he could have used his leg. I'm not gonna lie, that 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 Ross Barkley shot, bro. Touch that man, just put a foot on it, man, bro. <laughs> just put a foot on it. Like you really don't have to dive. I think I I definitely feel like dive with his body, go low, because mm. I think Henri described it really well in the analysis at the end of the game. He was saying, by the time your your body gets down, the ball's already travelled. It's too short well, a distance, and your it, foot it, is the closest thing to the ball coming to you. So you might as well just use the foot to block it. It's so, it's funny, yeah. Henri, yeah, that, that Henri point, he was like, his foot was, he was actually in the right position already, like he legit yeah. didn't need to move, but he went yeah. to chose to go down 
and the ball chose to go where he literally moved his leg from. So, so it was crazy, yeah. crazy. But yeah, that, that one Doctor. was definitely keeping mistake. So that yeah, yeah I was yeah. saying that one is definitely keeping mistake. And I think the corner you can also attribute a mistake because if he mm-hmm. was rooted on his line and the guy would have scored, I said the goalkeeper's mm-hmm. got to try come for it if you see that yeah. situation developing. So that's two mistakes out of the the three goals that we conceded. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, Doctor, anything to add before we move on to some listeners' questions? No, uh, not really, man. These it's Tweedledee and Tweedledum, man. We need to we need to sort it out. Um, and the thing is, I I didn't think Mansell was a massively bad keeper last season. I can't lie to you. I know everyone was really very down on him. I, I don't agree, man. I thought he was more than adequate. Um, made some howlers, fair enough. Quite young for a keeper still. I feel that Ramsdale had a significant upside. Um, but I feel that Arteta is a very hard taskmaster and he 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 wants what he wants in terms of what he wants his players to do. And the thing is, he's definitely clearly chosen Raya because even though Raya's making mistakes, he's doing exactly what he wants. Because Ramsdale was talking about compromise. Arteta is a lunatic. He is not compromising with nobody. So um, from that day, I think his time was done. So the sooner we, I mean, provided we get good money, because I'm not selling Ramsdale for anything cheap, um, we can sell him fair enough and then settle the keeping situation, um, the better. Because I feel that both players will play better without this situation because they're both on eggshells and they're both anxious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I think the 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 presence of both isn't isn't helping the either. So so hopefully, yeah. But you man, we'll have... before we move on, I think Atta is that much of a sicko. He gonna oh let, my God. He gonna let Ramsey sit there the whole season, bro. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He just like me. <laughs> <laughs> I hear That's you. Right. I ain't gonna lie, man. No, to be fair, it's, it's, it's a, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me because we have business to do in Jan anyway. So I don't think Arteta really wants to let Ramsdale go and then have to go looking for like another goalkeeper. So, yeah, uh, I think it's more than feasible. Um, right, we've got a hell of loads of listeners' questions. And so I want to run through them as quickly as possible. Um, Guti Hernandez at Touchline Oracle, he asked two questions. The first one is, what midfield composition... Would you play for Villa? Feels like a Jorginho Rice Erdegaard game, but we may need Havertz as a link man to bypass the press of Villa. Will Defo miss party for sure? And second one was, do we need to prioritise a defender or a striker in Jan? I mean, I'll answer the second one for you. My brother, we need a defender because we only have five defenders at the moment. So if anyone else goes down, we're in big, big trouble. Um, but yeah, going to Asia Cup as well. So yeah, and Tommy's going to Asia Cup. So that so legit, we have five defenders. Cedric is very, very close to playing games for Arsenal Football Club I will again. Flog that guy, man. And no, no, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. So um, yeah, the question. Art, man. <laughs> so yeah, what's the midfield composition you'd use for Villa? I can't lie. I do not want to see Jorginho outside of trust minutes to close out games. I'm not interested in playing Jorginho in that game one bit. We're gonna it's, it's gonna be Rice to let Ertz, mate. He's gonna have to run. Um Rice, we're gonna have to say the same midfield because same, same uh, midfield. Yeah, yeah, same midfield we played. I, I, I don't want to see Jorginho. I, no. mm. We need to go yeah. as physical as possible, I think. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think to the point made is that Havertz is physical, at least he's gonna get stuck in. Havertz is gonna run about a lot, he's gonna cover a lot of ground as well. So uh, I, I don't disagree. I think we should go with the same midfield we went last night, personally. Um, if it was at home, I could see the Jorginho angle more because I feel like at home we're very... We could that control that game. But I think mm. away, if we're away at Willow Park, aren't we? So I think that could be quite a frantic mm. game. Um, 
I, I think the game will get stretched. I saw how they played against Spurs. I watched them on the side playing and playing City tonight. Um, yeah. while I was also watching Chelsea and United, and mm. they're just they're all about transition, man. They mm. they play high, so, don't really press, but then press you so, in the middle pitch. That's 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 what I was about to ask because I didn't watch the game. Did Villa play with a high line today, or it was it? Or, or was it? I didn't see it, yeah. but apparently yeah, they flogged, they apparently so they flogged if, them. From what so I watched, if, they were pretty high. Bailey played so really if, well. That's going to be interesting. If they do choose to press us high, I think that point that was made about Havertz being, you know, maybe an option to bypass the press becomes even more important as well, actually. And then the outlets, Stretchville. I think we hurt Villa a lot by stretching them last season as well. So Martinelli as an outlet, I think he's very much key in this game as well. So, interesting. Yeah. Interesting the white one. The are key in that game, in my opinion. Uh, if, yeah. if we want to do a little preview. I think the white are key in that game based on the the Spurs game. I felt like Villa were high, but very compact. And their their line was actually easily, like, you know, the, the last line was easily like, attacked through forwards running in behind off the sides. Um, and then also they weren't good at um, tracking the the overlap the, um, the inverted the inverted lap as well the the underlap. So I feel like that's that space of the pitch is where we can hurt them. Um, so yeah, I think this that's where we have to hurt them, man. Um, in behind Consa, um, in behind Cash, in behind whoever they're playing. Um, well, it, it was it was interesting. I saw on the team sheet Cash is normally a starter, but he started on the bench today. So I don't know if that was a plan to look towards the Saturday game and Konza started at right back. So mm. I don't know. We'll see. Because because they went very physical. We had Diego Carlos and Paul Torres right next to Haaland. So yeah. Azusa has to put Paul Torres in a pack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Need to. He and Paul Torres is very slow. So that is one thing that surprises me a lot because obviously they do play with this high line and I'm like, Paul Torres can't run. I saw this brother at Villarreal. He 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 legit can't run. So um one to watch. Okay. Uh, Haas, big him up. Um, HAFTBL asked, Why do you think the attackers clicked in the last three games? I think we touched on that at the start of the pod, so we'll leave that one, brother. Khalil HT3, if Raya and Rams they were falling off a cliff, but you could only save one, would you even bother to attempt? I am loud. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, tell us how you really feel, my brother. Tell us how you really feel. Um, he does ask another one, which is a more serious one. Was, if Ben White goes down, what is the plan? Talker defender coming in in Jan. What type would you prefer? A right back that can play centre back or vice versa? Uh, I think we need that timber profile again. What do you, you, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It's, it, no, no, no. Do you know what? I think we need that timber profile because right. timber can play left back, right back, centre back at times. We need someone that can do the exact same thing because Kivio can't do it and Kivio. I don't think that's how I trust him. And his appearances this season haven't been too good. I think there could be a good player in there, but I just don't... If we're, if we're looking to move one on, it's clearly him, right? So, or if someone, you know, someone's plays is taken, it's Kibio. He's the least, he's the least experienced and he's probably, no, I say probably, he's the, definitely the defender with the least potential, I think, from the guys that we have right now outside Cedric. Um, so, yeah. The problem I have in squad makeup is... We, unless we're moving on Tomiyasu, we've got three people who can play right back at present um, the, to a decent standard. So we're going to have Ben White, Tomiyasu, Timber in the squad and play right back. Um, in terms of centre-back, yes, these people can play centre-back in terms of Ben White, Timber and um, 
Tommy Asu can all play centre back as well. The issue is, the problem is, is we need pro, certain profile at centre back to continue. Because the reason that one of the reasons, obviously, is because we had Rob Holden. One of the reasons that we struggle when Saliba is out of the team is we don't have someone who is a physically dominant force of nature centre back who can who's athletic who can really lean on people in those 1v1 on that right side. You've got Gabriel who does what he does, um, but I need someone who is a really good sweeper, who can run back, who's got pace, who's got turbo jets, so we can really push the line up and who's really physically dominant. Now, um, we've only got... So if, so if let's say all the squad was fit, right? We've got Timbar, uh, Tomiyasu, White. If Saliba is out injured, I feel that we lose something. So you will always of, lose something that this, this quality is rare in world football. His quality so, is rare, but attributes-wise, I feel like we lose something. I think Tommy Yasu can play that position and Ben White can also play that position. They can play that position, but we still lose something. I would like to see a more physical centre-back um, who's brought into the group. I, I really would. I just feel that in, if you're completing that defensive group, that's what I want to see. I understand that that leaves us a little bit shorter right-back, but then it's crazy that we've got three players... <laughs> Two out of three of our potential right backs out. I think um, it leaves a shorter left back more so. It'd be I would look at it like Saliba goes down, Ben White is the guy that usually plays for him. If Ben White can't play, it should be Tommy Yasu. Um Tommy Yasu really is left back or right back. It's just depending on game plan, I think yeah. for me. And he's just a cover guy. And then I think Kivio is the one where you like if Zinchenko who's also picking it doesn't pick up as much injuries as Tommy Yasu, but he he can miss the odd game. It's like, oh, if Sudenko is not playing, you know, if Tommy's not there, then it's yeah. got to be Kivio. I'd rather be someone like the Timber profile. Um, and just because Timber's so far away, I would rather get that profile in that we have like left back and right back covered. And Ben White can step in as centre back um, if Saliba is injured. Because I think Ben White has proven to have pretty good fitness, to be honest, pretty reliable. And Saliba, outside of that back injury, also is barely misses games. Yeah. So, yeah, do you get what I'm saying? No, I, I, I hear you. I understand. And I feel that what you're saying is better for this season, for, for this season. Long term, I'm thinking what, what I feel is better for the group. Um, but I, I understand what you're saying. I think... Um, what, do, what do you mind think about a hybrid one where you buy, where you get someone that can play centre-back but also can play like DM? It's like the rice understudy, basically. Like, can Polinia play centre-back? I think he, I think I've heard he's played that before. No, I never, never, never seen. So I don't know. I don't know. But one thing is we definitely need to add to that group because funnily enough, like we actually obviously, even though it was right to let Alden go and obviously KT left, but I even think at the start of the season, we were one short. So, and we've been quite blessed that this group have managed to stay fit, but we've now got to play another six games in December with this group. And they can't be, they can't, we can't afford legit for there to be any injury. So um, I think 1st of Jan, that has to be a priority. Um, not Danny at Fulham, at full name Daniel says, ain't the biggest fan of Havertz, but I can see his confidence creeping up, which is good. On a few occasions, he doesn't help in the build up. Should he start versus Villa, knowing the intensity will be high or start Georgie Trossard? No, we've said we'll start Havertz. Um, for Jordanian Villa. Trossard would get beat up in Amateur. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I think. No, seeing what Villa have been like, Georgie Trossard is definitely not not the two 
you want to go away to Villa with, in my opinion. Um, Tranquilo at Yonko Abs says, would you say Liverpool is more of a threat to us with a title than Man City or is it to it? Still too early, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> Brother, we're, we're, we're not even halfway through the season. Let's, let's chill and, and, and relax well, on that. Man's name, Tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> calm down, yeah, yeah. My brother, my brother, <laughs> because if there's one team in this league that have shown they have the ability to go and win 15 16 games in a row, it's City. So, obviously, whilst they are having that a difficult period at the moment, I think that's no wins in the league in four for them. You've got to be trying to stretch whatever gap you can over them, you know, nice. because at some point we're gonna have you know, that period as well. Yeah, as at some point, you know, they're gonna do a madness, like, and that Belgian brother is coming back in January. So before he comes back, <laughs> you need to try and get as far ahead as possible. Um, oh, I think the doctor will like this one. Chicken noodle soup at Lacasse underscore Stina says, next time any of the TG members are on the main pod. Can you cook that Liverpool fan that is a doctor but acts like a politician, please? <laughs> right, okay. Um, that guy... Hmm, hmm. Man, I need you to cook him when you next go on the pod because this is why he's annoying me. I haven't just put a tweet out just now, yeah? City lost today, yeah? So everyone was at Saliba, that's one guy, that's one guy, that's one guy. City have not won a game without Rodri this season. They've lost nearly every game. I think what they lost all and lost three and drew one. He's not played. Is that correct? Something like that. Something like that. Something like that. Certain players are linchpins. Certain players you take out of a team and it happens. I wonder if the guy thinks the same thing about about City as he does us. Because Mm. the same thing's happening. It was the same as us when party's out. When party's out, we fell apart before and the season before um, before this one. And it was it happened with Saliba. Certain players are just linchpins in terms of you have no replacement for them in terms of life for life ability in the squad. The person who you do replace them with is just not up to scratch. Um, or or they just have a unique set of attributes that are, you, you build your team around because people naturally build their team around their best players. But I wonder if um, uh, whoever he is, I don't know, I don't know what he does, what he is, is um, uh, is going to have the same energy towards City that he does to us because. I'm going to need you to answer that question. Yeah, yeah, we, we will definitely find out. We we like yeah. we like to be inquisitive, so we'll make sure we we send those questions hey, over. Hey. Put that on your calendar, Dan, and mark it. Brother, don't worry, that's already in there, my bro. Um, Chris Orcap at Chris the Capo asks, "Do you feel with a lack of integration of youth players in our side so far this season?" Oh, he says, do you feel away with it? As a f- I'm a firm believer that we can't afford to have inexperienced young players in our team at the moment with the title, Champions League race looking peak. So I think that's an interesting question. And, and I tend to agree. Like I think, uh, and I'm always a firm believer of that we need we do need to have young players being integrated and, and where possible, I would like to see it. However, people need to remember we already have one of the youngest teams in the Premier League anyway. Do you know what I mean? So we're trying to compete with one of the youngest teams. So we need to, I, I don't think the solution where is to then add more inexperience, especially in certain positions where we're not necessary. Obviously, I'm someone who would like to see, you know, Miles Lewis, Genny, Nuaneri, and, and hopefully maybe that PSV game might be an opportunity for them. But right now, where we are at the project, it's win stage in it. So, you know, unless you're 100% convinced this guy, like this youngster is ready to contribute at the level, then yeah, I think we need to, we need to take care with that. So I um, didn't know if you guys had any thoughts. Um, yeah, similar. Sense. I think both guys are pretty talented. 
crazy talented. Games, vegan opportunity, be just to get I think everyone is and actually wouldn't um they're getting what we got next Sure. What, what question we got next oh sorry yeah um yeah, there's a few keeper ones which I'm gonna bypass because I'm tired of that, and you know we're not we're not really fans of either. So let me go to Uncle. Right, is this Anton's burner? Uncle Anfon and uh, Anfon at a underscore AFC. He says, "What do you think will be the game plan against Villa on Saturday, especially considering they just blam City off the park tonight?" I think I think what what um I think was it the first question that asked about the midfield composition? It'll probably be yeah. you know be solid, compact, dominate the ball early on, establish territory, and then hit the ball in behind. Um, find Saka Martinelli to feet like our usual game plan. To be honest, I don't think we do too much of a tweak. Um, but I think we might go direct a bit more in this game. Um, because if Villa do come onto us, I think I could see that happening. Us being a bit more direct. It will, it will be a physical game. Um, and I think, you know, our, our wide forwards are going to be key. And for me, I think what I'd like to see is us trying to get Gabby Jesus in a tussle with Paul Torres because I know he will kill, he will kill this guy, man. So I need I need us to really try to exploit that because I see Paul Torres as a weakness defensively. He's decent on the ball, but defensively that guy is weak. Yeah. Okay. Uh, great, great. And... Last one, let's leave it here for the night. Um, Zab, uh, unofficial Nadir, says, how much rotation should we be doing for the Villa PSV games and going forward? So obviously, um, after the Villa game, we have a dead rubber against PSV in the Champions League. Um, now, obviously, we've qualified in first and PSV have actually qualified in second. So the game legit means nothing. Um, both teams are qualified. There's not going to be any changing of the standings. Now, for me, obviously, I'm a bit dramatic, but... I do not. Saliba does not need to be in Holland. Declan Rice does not need to be in Holland. Bukayo Saka does not need to be in Holland. Gabriel Martinelli, Jesus. Uh, there's a good six, seven players that that legit don't need to be there. Like legit, don't need to be there. So um, I know I've seen some people putting out some combined teams today, but that like we've got a busy schedule. Like and um, in between the Villa. So it's Villa, PSV, and then we've got Brighton. So we could legit afford to have a week break if we put out like just a scrub team. Like who cares if we lose? Who cares if we get hammered, in my opinion? But with the precocious nature where we are at and the amount of injuries we've got, we don't need to be risking players that don't need to be risked in Holland. But that's just my view. Um, I, Yeah, I, I kind of like, I, I want to see an under-21 team, um, pretty much. I don't, I don't want to see anyone. Firstly, I mean, apart from the ones who don't really play, I mean, I want to see Cedric. Um, I, I don't want to. See, I mean, maybe Jorginho, maybe a push. Um, I think Jorginho El Nenny will probably go. Yeah, like, El Nenny guys. Trossard. No, 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 no. I don't want to see Trossard. I don't want to see. Not, not, don't want to see Eddie. Don't want to see none of them, man. 
Um, nah, Eddie, Eddie will go. Eddie has nah, to play. Eddie, Eddie, let Eddie play this game. Eddie has right. to play. Eddie, Eddie's Who, is the U? Who is the U? What's his name? The one that got the debut this season in the Carlin Cup. What's his Which name? One? The, the, the right winger. The, the, um, the oh, right Sago Jr. Sago Jr. I want to see Sago <laughs> Jr. up top. Sago Jr., you know. <laughs> I want to see yeah. youngsters. Nah, I'm nah. Sorry, let, let me let me get an appearance for Arsenal, bro. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I want to see mean. German Dan. I want, yeah. I want to see German Dan left wing. <laughs> nah, because because honestly, I swear to God, if I see Saliba, I'm going to lose it because <laughs> that. No, 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 no. Generally, if I see Saliba even on the plane to Holland, I'm going to lose it because you had your warning sign last season, like with the Sporting Lisbon thing. Like legit, you 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 don't you legit don't need to do that. Please do not do that. And Declan Rice as well, because I'm looking right now. I'm like, do you know? What I was thinking to myself last night after the way I was feeling. Once I'd calmed down after that Declan Rice win, I was like, no, if this brother gets injured, we're in big trouble, you know. <laughs> like if if Rice gets injured, we're in big big trouble, brother. What do you think happens? We don't know when party's coming back. Party ain't need. coming back. This guy's doing fancy fancy dress. We need some yeah, sales, man. We've yeah, got yeah. to make some sales. Uh, and who's going to be the sacrificial lamb? It's got to be Ramsdale. Yeah. Unfortunately, this issue is, I think they said, yeah, we need we need sales because I think we can afford to buy a defender, but in midfield, we don't have, we, we have numbers, but we don't have the quality. So I think to buy more midfielders, we need to like, there needs to be some sacrifices in that midfield. So... Let's go, Kiwiel, man. But uh, right, I'll be real. I don't mind selling him in the summer, but <laughs> if you sell this brother now, yeah, you legit right. have four defenders, bro. So, you can't. Who, who can raise money in January? Nelson, um, Ramsdale, brother. It's, Ramsdale's it's the, uh, the one, brother, I, bro. I always say to you that, and we've got history of it. The ones that are going to make money are the Halen ones. I know those are the ones we don't want to sell. But like Nelson would generate something. There'd be someone you'd want to come and buy Nelson. He seems to be having a really good loan, although I just saw the, the Swansea manager got sacked. So uh, let's let's see let's see what happens there. But yeah, um we need we need something, man. I do like Patino's profile. I don't know obviously if he, he will get the lamp in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he still looks he still looks a bit soft for me, man. But yeah. Oz. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's let let, let 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 let's not do this. You you spoke about Odegaard being stimulated. So if I were you, that is crazy. That that was crazy. That was. That, hey man, that was, man, man, you got me. That, <laughs> that, that was crazy. All right, cool. Before we do any more pause, police, let's let's wrap it up and and call it at that. There's been a good pod, um, gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, listeners thank you very much for listening hope you enjoyed hope you enjoyed the insight um and yeah thank you gentlemen and we will be back after the villa game hopefully with another three points to make it seven wins on the spin so Massive. gentlemen thank you very much big game peace Right, it went 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 right, it
Network.